Good morning, Central. Good morning. Oh, come on. Good morning, Central. Good morning. Hey, this is, this is going to be a fun service, guys. This is going to be a fun service. Did you, oops. Yep, yes, it will be. <laughs> An entertaining service. Get me connected here, a little technical difficulties. So what do you guys think about like this environment? Like, didn't Adam do a great job with his team? Come on. <laughs> I was here doing the wig, I'm like, this is fantastic, like a winter wonderland. All right, so I'll start off with this. This morning, I'm going to preach on two things that the Lord gave me. Uh, Pastor Kurt asked if I would preach. Of course, I love to preach. And I'm going to hollow. Is that better? Keep talking? Sure. So he asked me to preach, and I asked the Lord, should I preach on? And you know how the Lord works. He'll, he'll give you a little glimpse, a little snippet, and then you got to press into that thing, right? And so I'm pressing and I'm pressing, and then he gave me what I needed, and now I'm excited. But then when he gave me the things that I needed, I'm like, well, then how do I do it? I don't know if, if you're like me, but I ask a lot of questions. So I'm like, hmm, we'll see how this goes. All right, so, so my heart is burning to share joy. It just is. The Lord just had it on my heart to share it. Can I get that first slide, please, with the gingerbread house? If I could, please. Thank you. Um, I need three volunteers. Three volunteers. And I want them to be kids. Kids like 18 and younger. Peyton McRae. <laughs> Come on. There's two. And, 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 and. Not you, not you, not you, not you. You. Come on. My three volunteers, I want you to come sit up here for a moment on the front. Just sit down. I'll come get you. Peyton's like, it's okay. If she doesn't want to, it's all right. Uh, who, who wants to help Peyton out? Right um, we'll yeah. Okay, okay. Got the families. There you go. Okay, so I have, my wife should come to two families, right? Can you come forward, please, whoever those families are? We're going to use you for a little bit of an illustration today. Okay, okay, so why are they doing that? I feel like I'm hollow. Just, sorry. All right, so I, again, like I said, my heart is burning to share joy, but the Lord said he wanted me to share on joy and love. And I was like, joy and love? Like, what do you want me to share about love? Like, love's a big topic, and, and we know about love because we're all Christians, right? Like, if you're a Christian, you're born again, raise your hand. If, if you're born again, see what I mean? Like, we know what love is, right? So I'm like, why do you want me to talk about love? You know, like, I just, so like, it was just, you know, back and forth with the Lord, and he tells me that, it's important to share both. I said, okay, so what we're going to do is these gals and girls back here are going to work on these gingerbread houses while we do the message. And we'll come back at the end to talk about the significance of it. Deal? Okay, good enough. So you guys can start on that. We'll get started with the message. Jesus, I thank you very much for giving us the privilege to speak and declare your word. I thank you, Holy Spirit. I ask you to come right now into this place to bless every man, woman, and child that the hearing of the word, they'd receive it with joy. God, I pray that our hearts would be stirred, stirred to action, to do something different. God, to be able to give to you everything that doesn't belong. So the only thing that remains is just more of you. I ask this now in the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. All right. So go to the next slide, please. So the Holy Spirit gave me two questions. Actually, what he did was he reminded me of two questions I asked him many years ago. See, when I was growing up, I was confused about the Bible. I didn't understand it. I'm still kind of confused. But, but I have these questions. And, and so the first one that I asked the Lord was, why would God give his son? Like all these Christian people are talking about how Jesus died for me and he gave his son. And 
So what? Doesn't mean to me. I, I don't know who this God is. So why would God give his son? And then the second question I asked when I started learning about this, reading my Bible and going to church was, why would Jesus actually do it? Like, why would he follow through? I'm just like, it's like perplexed. I just, why? I just, so here, I'm going to illustrate it to you. Can I get my three helpers come up on the stage with me, please? Oh, ladies, fantastic. Who wants to be father? Okay, this is father. All right, say, hi, father. <laughs> this is going to be son, being Jesus. And this is going to be the, that's perfect. This is going to be the Holy Spirit, right? <laughs> okay, so here's how this works. We're getting a little huddle, right? I guess, yeah, do it like this. There we go. All right. So the father says, okay, guys, well, yeah, we'll do it this way. The father says, okay, guys, we got to go ahead and put our plan to action. Here's what we're going to do. Someone's got to go down there and fix this mess. Who wants to go? So then Jesus speaks up and says, oh, oh, I'll do it. I'll do it. But I need to go as a baby so that I got to learn like they do because I don't want to cheat and I want to make it fair. Then the Holy Spirit says, oh, snap. I want to go. Send me too. I'll go with Jesus and I'll help him do it. It's like, hmm. So he, they planned it to fix the mess. What mess is that? When Adam and Eve in the garden, when it got broken, when sin came, they, they talked about how they were going to fix it. Just like when they made man, let us make man in our image. Hey, how do we fix this mess? Because we love them. Give them a hand, guys. Give them a hand. <laughs> Father, Son, Holy Spirit. A lot of feedback. One thing I should have had them do, because I forgot, I'm sorry, was this. When they were in that huddle, I, I, I kind of imagine Jesus was like, okay, you ready? On three, Jesus saves. One, two, three, Jesus saves. <laughs> right? But it went, it went something like that. It went something like that. Next slide, please. So the father gave his son to die so that you and I could live. The father gave something that meant, it was important, it, was very, it meant something very dear to him, and he gave it up. Like, who in this room would just cut off your right arm? Just give it away so that I could be free. Any takers? Would anybody in this room do that? Would you give, oh wow, that, that's pretty amazing. <laughs> wow, <laughs> thank you, no. Um, would anybody like cut your leg off or g- give up a finger for me? That's amazing. <laughs> Most people wouldn't do that. Why? It's a little crazy, it's a little nutty, it's a little outrageous, but that's the God we serve. He is outrageous. His love is crazy. It's not so. It's over the top. Read this to you. This, this is about love. This is about his love. I, went, I, just, I read it one day and I was like, this is really good. I want to share this with the church. The Lord says that there is nothing you can do to make him love you anymore. There's nothing you can do to make him love you anymore. And there's nothing you can do to make him love you any less. It's just, it's not possible. He loves you because he loves you. Because he loves you, because he loves you. He loves you and he loves you. Look at your neighbor and say, because he loves you. Go tell him again, because he loves you. See, it's his nature to love. It's his nature to love and you will always be his beloved. See, his love never changes or fades and he loves you 100% up front. In my mess, in my problems, 100% of his love that he possesses, he pours in the dumps on top of me. He says, I love you completely with all that I can. I'm not going to hold anything back. This is what my love looks like. He won't love you any better once you get better. He's going to love you 100% right now. 
even if you have no plans to become better, he's still going to love you completely, fully. Even if you don't want to change, he's still going to love you 100%. See, this is the difference. Like with man's love, it is conditional. Like if you wrong me, I might not love you the way that I should, right? Or if you don't do what I need you to do, I might not love you the way that I need to. But he says, even if you have no plans to walk with him, he's going to love you because that's his nature. He loves all the way, all the time, as much as he possibly can. He gives you all that he is. His love is unchanging. So what's going to change is our ability to receive his love. See, the Lord says, open your heart to me. Well, how do you do that? How do you open your heart? So the Holy Spirit says, just say yes. See, like when someone's talking about Jesus and they're like, oh, open your heart to him. It's like, well, what does that mean? Well, I know when I was a young person and I heard the gospel preached, I said yes. And when I said yes, his love came upon me. I was like, oh, this feels good. Then all of a sudden, it's like, I, I wanted to live for him. I wanted to do things that his word taught. I'm like, hmm. He says, I love you as you are right now, 100% as you are in this moment. Just say yes in your heart to me. Then he goes on to say that I love you with an everlasting love, a love that never fails, a love that doesn't keep any record of wrong. Do you know how outrageous this is? Like, like when I got saved, I'll share this with you. When I got saved, when I got saved, say when I got saved, when I got saved, this is crazy. When I got saved, I had a lot of junk in my life, as most of us did. I had a lot of things I did wrong that I didn't, wasn't proud of. But when I got born again, he came and, I don't even say this, it's almost like he came and just like removed those things from my mind. All of the shame, all of the junk that carried me through, my, that followed me my entire life, he just took it away. I, I can't explain how it happened. I can just tell you what happened. And all of a sudden, my conscience is clean. I'm not like afraid of standing in front of people, which you may think of me because of stuff that I had done in the past. All of a sudden, I'm like, wow, like, he just basically whitewashed me. And so now this new creation he talks about is what you see before you now. It's what I see before me now. It's, it's okay, let's see this way. The love of God, like right, I, I feel him on me right now. I feel the love of God on me right now. Next slide, please. Get my thoughts straight. I have a lot of things I want to share with you guys today. <laughs> All right. So the Lord shows me. I guess I can get this first. Let's it first. So when I asked him, why did God give his son? He says, because God so loved the world. So it was love that caused him to want to give his son. Look, I have five kids, and I love each and every one of them. And I don't know, like, I, I know what, what the religious answer is. Oh, yeah, sure, I'll do it. But listen, like, I don't know if I could actually give one of my kids to save any of you. I like you. I love you. But I love my kids. So I can't imagine what the father was going through saying, yeah, just, I'll send them down. It's going to fix it all. I, I don't know that I could do that. Maybe you could. I, I don't know that I could. Next slide, please. So this is what he showed me. I got my two questions. Why would he do it? Why would he give his son? And why would he follow through? And he gave me 
the love, and he gave me the joy. Those are the two ideas we're going to talk about today. So I'm in Galatians 5, and the Lord is telling me, he's like, love comes first. Love comes first. What do you mean love comes first? I don't understand that. Love comes first. So Galatians 5 says, the fruit of the Spirit is? Then he stopped me. I'm like, what? And read it again, Chris. The fruit of the Spirit is? And he stopped me. I'm like, wow. Then it hit me. The Holy Spirit says, Chris, this is not a random list of stuff. This is an intentional map to how I bless you. The first thing that happens is you receive the love of God. And after you receive the love of God, he fills your heart with joy. He deposits that inside of you. But something tends to happen. Like, you think about when you first got saved. This is what joy can let you do. You first got saved. You couldn't help but tell everybody about Jesus. If they were living, breathing, and they would listen to you, you would tell them about the love of the Father, wouldn't you? And that, we want to live in that place. But the world beats us up. Life beats us up. And what happens is slowly but surely, we take our eyes off of what he's given us and all the, all the things that are trying to get our attention. First John 4, 8 says that God is love. So God and Jesus are the same, right? Right? It means Jesus' love. Get this. Matthew 2 says that once love was born in the manger, what came next? Exceeding great joy. So love came first in the manger, and the response of the shepherds and, and all who were there was exceeding great joy. So love comes first, joy comes, then, then comes joy. So I asked Lou, why love first? Why love first? Uh, it's it. So King David, King David, in Psalm 51, 12, and 13 says this. He says, restore to me the joy of my salvation, that I be upheld by your spirit, that I may teach them your ways, that sinners will be converted to you. Now, see, I didn't know that that verse existed. I just know my experience that when I got saved, and he put the joy in my heart, I wanted to share it with others, and they got saved. But it's biblical. Even David says, restore to me the joy of my salvation that I may teach them your ways and that they would be converted. It's God's plan. It's like, that's actually pretty good. So he wanted to, to give the joy back so he could share it with others. Next slide, please. So the second question, why would, actually, why would Jesus actually do it? Why would he follow through? Why would Jesus endure the cross, the pain, the heartache, the sacrifice, the laying down of his life? Why would he do that? And I come across this verse in Hebrews. It says, for the joy set before him. What? What does that mean? The joy set before him? That's like some cryptic thing. I don't understand that, Lord. You've got to explain that to me. What do you mean the joy set before him? And he says, Jesus could see something afar off. And it excited him. And it motivated him to go to the cross. Okay, Lord, what was that? Jesus, what, what did you see, Jesus, that motivated you want to give your life? He saw the kingdom. Next slide, please. This is a really cool graphic. You probably can't tell the lighting's a little different, but there's the cross, there is the crown of thorns, and in the reflection of, of the water, the pond, is the crown, the crown, the kingdom. So for the joy set before him, he could see the kingdom. He could see the destiny and purpose of my life and your life and your kids 
and your husband and your wife and your children. Jesus says, if I give my life, if one person could die a perfect death, live a perfect life, a perfect death, be sacrificed to fix this problem, I'll do it. But I hear that, and I'm like, I don't, God, I don't know if I could do that. Like, I don't know that I could do that. I want to do everything that you did. I want, I want to live for you. I want to love people like you love them, but I don't know if I can give my life. And then I find that verse. There's no love greater than a man would lay down his life for another. And then I start, and I start getting it. I'm like, wow. So I'm like, every dad in this place, even the ones on live stream, like we're called to love our wives as Christ loved the church. He laid his life down for them. So like I was preparing this, thinking like, that doesn't mean I'm paying the bills. It doesn't mean that you know, I'm getting the cars inspected. It doesn't mean that I'm putting food on the table. Those are all good things. Laying my life down means that I make my wife the priority. My kids are the priority. Family matters. I want to do what Jesus called me to do. I want to be the man God called me to be. So joy can motivate you to do things you could and would never do on your own. The joy set before him, he endured the cross. Joy can motivate you to do things you never thought you would or could do. Well, Pastor Chris, that seems kind of a a pretty extravagant thing to say. Well, sure it is. I'm just glad I found it in my Bible. (laughs) See, the joy of our future with him, the joy of our future with him motivated Jesus to lay down his life. Next slide, please. Nehemiah 8.10. The kids know this verse very well. We sung it in our song. The joy of the Lord is my strength. See, when I found this verse, this was like life-changing for me because I was going through a season of life where I wasn't strong. I mean, I was saved. I was going to heaven. I loved Jesus with as much as I knew to love him, but I wasn't strong. There were so many areas of my life that were broken and inadequate and lacking and it didn't make any sense. I'm reading my Bible when he says, you're going to be victorious. You're going to be an overcomer. You're going to be full of joy. I'm like, I don't know what that word is. It's so easy to say, J-O-Y, but what is it? I don't understand. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Let's try this way. I'm going to say the joy of the Lord, and you're going to say, is my strength. Make it personal, okay? The joy of the Lord is my strength. That's good. Do it again. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Amen. The joy of the Lord is my strength. So let me show you why this is so critical for us as believers, okay? Next slide, please. All right, good way to... Yeah, that's good. Okay, so this is good. So the story of Samson, we all know the story, right? The guy was strong, way stronger than he should have been. He, he's, he's loved the Lord, he's anointed the Lord, means he was empowered. And so the Lord told him when he was born, his, his father was Manoah, and he says, hey, your son, don't ever let him eat some that has grapes in it. No grapes, ever. And don't cut his hair. Pretty simple, huh? He says, if you don't have him eat the grapes and you don't cut his hair, he's going to be strong. So then Samson became a judge over God's people, and the Philistines came, and he pushed them back. He protected the people of God. Hmm, but as we all know how the story went, Samson messes up. Samson gets tricked. And then what happens? His hair gets... So when he loses his hair, he loses his... His strength. He lost his hair, loses his strength. So what's that mean? The enemy comes. What does the enemy do? First, they bind him. Right? Now we got you, Samson. And then they pluck his eyes out so he can't see. Then they put him in chains. And then they run around in circles and mock and humiliate him. 
because he's not strong. You see, Samson's hair was his strength, and the joy of the Lord is our strength. Amen? Just like Samson's strength was drawn from his hair, you and my strength is drawn from the joy of the Lord. Listen, you can't get joy anywhere else in the universe from one place, just one place. It's the Holy Ghost. He's the only one. Galatians 5 says, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy. You can't get anywhere else. It's funny, like, it's, I was reading how, like, you know, how, how, how Samson's hair grew. The more it grew, the stronger he became. The more his hair grew, the stronger he became. The more joy that we carry, the stronger we become. Remember, he got cut, and then as time went on, and they're mocking him, his hair, he noticed his hair began to grow. And he asked the young person, hey, can you put me over to the columns of the Colosseum? I want to feel them. And he knew that as his hair grew, he began to gain his strength. And it's the same for you and I. As the joy of the Lord in our heart grows, as we receive more, we say, yes, in our heart, God. Yes, I want more of you. It begins to grow. Now, it's just funny about how this works, because even with what they're doing here with, with the, the houses, joy is the foundation. And the joy, in this case, is going to be the icing that keeps things together, make it strong, right? And so the Lord showed me that if, if you don't have the love, then to put the structure on top is going to be really tough, right? Some people try to build their lives. Like what makes them happy? Their cars, their houses, the stuff that's so empty and superficial. But his joy, but his joy. I want you guys to say this with me. Can I have you stand up for a minute, please? Been sitting a while. Have you stand up for a quick minute? I do this with the kids at Super Church. Got to get the wiggles out, all right? So look at your neighbor and say, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Guys, it's really good. Here's what we're going to say. We're going to say, when we declare things before the Lord, we stand up and we say it before him because we mean it, okay? Here's what we're going to say. In the heart of what we learned about Samson, that his hair was his strength and the joy of the Lord is your strength, here's what we're going to do. We're going to declare that I am a Samson. And I will protect my joy. And I will protect my vision. And I'm not going to be bound anymore. And I'm not going to be, I'm not going to walk around in circles anymore. Amen. Amen. Sit down. Thank you, guys. Thank you. You know, the devil works the same way. What happens? When he realizes, like this is supposed to be my little joy ball, you know, we'll say this is a little emoji, but it's a stress ball, it's a joy ball, that when the, when the enemy realizes that we're not operating in joy, I'll get that in a moment, how he knows that, when he realizes we're not operating in joy, then he comes, and what you, you realize without joy, you're what? You're, you're not strong, right? Because the joy of the Lord is your strength, so if you don't have joy, you can't be strong, amen? You understand that, right? So when he realizes that you're not operating in joy, what does he do? The first thing he did to Samson was, he's going to come, he's going to bind you. And then he's going to come, and he's going to try to take your vision so you can't see. You can't see things that are afar off like Jesus did, that joy set before him. Instead, it's all going to be about what's in front of you. It's going to intimidate you. You're not going to be able to see him accurately. And then he's going to come, he's going to put you in chains. And then he's going to run around a circle, humiliate you, and shame you. But we, we're not going to do that, are we, church? We're not going to do that any longer. We're going to expose what he does, how he does it. 
Again, the whole love comes first and joy comes, then comes joy. Uh, Zephaniah 3 says, you will rest in his love. He will joy over you with singing. Church, do you realize that the God of heaven sings over you? He sings over you. He has a song, I think, that the King James amplifies it how he sings praises over you. He sings over us. That's amazing to me. And so, next slide, please. With the Psalm 1611, uh, it says that in his presence is fullness of joy. So if you want to be full of joy, spend some time with him. Get in his presence. Get in the presence of the Lord. Tell him how much you love the way he loves you. Then receive his joy as a response of his love. Let me say that again. It says, tell him how much you love the way he loves you. And joy will be the response that you receive of his love. So when he loves you, listen, a little child, a little child, I can grab anyone, but see, my kid was there. A little child, if they don't know that mom and dad loves them, you're going to see all kinds of stuff. You're going to see insecurities. You may see uh, a tendency to draw back. You may see a lot of like, behavior. is kind of weird, right? But if you find that child whose mother and father love those children well, I mean, they just adorn and shower them with love. That child is confident. That child is carefree. That child is just exuberant. I know this because my little Victoria and Jonathan are a spitting image of it. If you work in children's, you know that. My kids are just, they're amazing. But it's the same for us because we're the sons and daughters of God, right? We're the children of God. And so we should be living our lives free. We should be living our lives carefree, not concerned about all the junk. Jesus says, don't be anxious for anything. But that can be tough sometimes, only if my heart's not filled with joy. If I even let a margin come into my heart that's not completely filled with joy, that's what the enemy's going to attack. That's what he's going to attack. Um, let's see. One. Yes. And so our joy, our joy should be contagious. Like when you go out into, into the stores, you go into the marketplace of the world, when you go to your jobs, what you carry should be contagious. I, we, we just went away to a, a pastor's um, training in Houston, Texas. And we're in the car driving. It's kind of a long drive, get where we need to be. And myself, Pastor Kerr, Pastor Juwan, Pastor Todd, we're all talking in the car. And, and the Spirit of God just, just came with his joy. And myself and Todd, we're in the back just cracking up. I thought Todd was having a heart attack. I mean, <laughs> he, was, he was like, breathe, breathe, Todd, breathe, you know? And, and it was fantastic, but it's like, it, was, it was so awesome because laughter accompanies joy. Like, like if I was ever doing this, I was like, yeah, the joy of the Lord, it's strength. Like, that wouldn't even believe that, right? Like, that's not believable. But what we carry, the Holy Spirit, his, his fruit, his gift of joy should be seen in our lives. We should be the envy of the world. The people should look at our lives and want what we carry. The Bible says that Jesus is, a, is the desire of the nations. Jesus is the desire of the nations. They just don't know it. But how are they going to know it? Through our lives. Through our kids. Our kids are those beautiful, wonderful smiles. The innocence, the purity. It's the desire of the nations. <sighs> Joy is also a weapon that we can use to defeat the enemy and his lies. I want to show this to you. Next slide, please. Okay, so this is pretty cool. There are, in the animal kingdom, I learned this from another pastor friend of mine. He's pretty, he's pretty awesome. Um, in the animal kingdom, there are three animals who laugh. Okay? 
Stay with me. I know this might sound a little odd to you, but I, I promise I'll, I'll make it worth your time. Okay, so the first one on the left is a laughing woodpecker. Say woodpecker. woodpecker. It's kind of a funny word to say, woodpecker. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay, so the laughing woodpecker, God gave him a laugh for two reasons. The first reason is to attract the mate. Like, hey, buddy, right? <laughs> right? So he goes, ha, 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 right? And that attracts the other laughing woodpecker, right? The second reason God gave the woodpecker the ability to laugh is to mark territory. Now, if you read your Bible, you kind of understand where I'm going with this, and I'll tie it in. But he marks his territory. He says, ha, 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 mine. Ha, 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 mine. Get this. The second animal up there is called a kookaburra. Can you guys say that? That's a tough word to say. Kookaburra? <laughs> when I heard it, I was like, that's not even a real animal. But for real, this bird, what it does is it actually eats snakes. And what it does is once it gets its prey and strikes and kind of paralyzes it, it lets out a hearty laugh. Ha, 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 ha. And then it begins to eat the snake, and in the midst of eating and digesting the snake, it stops, like trying to laugh with me. I guess all of it. That's what it said. I'm just telling you what it said, right? So, I'm just telling you what it said. And so then the last animal, anybody know what that is? Just to see it? Wow, you guys are good. A hyena. That's probably the one you probably all know. Now, the hyena laughs for two reasons one, to cause confusion in the enemy. Just think on for a minute. To cause confusion and to disorient the enemy. You're telling me that God put laughs in animals to be a weapon against their enemies? Hmm. There's like some implications there. Okay, okay. So then I look, I said, Lord, how can this relate to us? He shows me with the woodpecker. You guys remember the story of the four soils, remember? And one of the soils, it was the rocky hard ground, the path represented the heart. The heart was beaten down and the seed fell to the ground and could not get into the heart, correct? And what came to devour the seed? Birds. So the Bible says in that story, the devil was a bird. Isn't it funny that the woodpecker will laugh to tell other birds, this is my territory. You can't have it. So for myself as a person, when I laugh and let a jolly laugh, I think about that. Devil, you can't have it. I am set apart to the Lord. I am a child of the living God. I belong to him. My thoughts, my passions, my feelings, my heart belong to him. So I'll laugh at what he's trying to do. <laughs> Second of all, the kookaburg. He laughs. Victory. We know we've already won. We know we've already won. So when the devil's coming and trying, when he's doing, we know that Jesus has put his head on that snake's head. He's crushed the serpent's head. So we laugh when he tries to come at us. I'm not saying fake it, guys. Hear my heart on this. This isn't like the power of positive thinking, okay? The joy of the Lord is my strength. I'm not making this up. This is, what, this is his idea. The joy. The joy of the Lord makes you guys strong. I spent too many years of my life not being strong. And he took me back and he says, Chris, if you want joy, go back to your first love. If you want joy, you must go back to your first love. I was saved for like three weeks and I just, I just wanted more. God, I, what is this joy you speak of? He says, come back to the well, Chris. Come back to the well and drink again. 
Drink again. Take in more of me. Receive my love. And my heart is yes. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. And then the final thing, the hyena. The devil comes when we laugh. Jubilation comes out of our mouths. Gladness in our heart. Isaiah 61 talks about the oil of gladness that he pours out on the vessel. Listen, when you go ahead and you just share your heart with God, say, the the joy of the Lord is my strength, and I'm not taking it anymore, devil. I'm going to laugh at the things you're trying to do because they're going to fail. They're going to fail. The word of the Lord does not return void. If he says the joy of the Lord is my strength, I am strong in Jesus' name. So here you laugh. What happens when we laugh and our worship is filled with joy, we disorient the enemy of your soul. We confuse him. He doesn't know what to do with that. Listen, remember, the, you know, your Bible, that the devil fell from grace. So he doesn't understand joy anymore. When he was Lucifer, he was on the in. When he screwed up, he's on the out. So now he has no idea what we're doing when we're so joyful. He's confused. What are you guys doing? Your life's falling apart. Why are you worshiping? Because my God is on the throne. And even though you attack me, my Bible tells me no weapon formed against me will prosper. So the attacks may come. His mercies are new every single morning, church. Every morning you get up, he gives you another chance. Every morning, you you remind yourself, remind my soul, remind my soul of how faithful and how good that he is. How good and how faithful he is. And that final slide, please. Yeah, that's for the kids. That's for the kids. (laughs) That's how I got away with wearing my PJs up here. (laughs) A little tie in technicality, right? All right, so let's check on, yeah, let's check on our great families and their gingerbread houses. Oh boy, that's a lot smaller than the box showed. (laughs) I really thought it was like this big, that's like miniature, right? And let's see what's happened here. Hmm, hmm, I don't know about this. No. This might backfire on me, okay? <laughs> yep, it did. All right, so what was supposed to happen? Oh, do we? Okay, yeah, wait. That little, just give a little nudge. No, maybe. Oh. Yay! Okay, so what was supposed to happen was this. We didn't give them the base, which is love. The foundation of all that we do in the Christian faith is built on love. Christ is the foundation. God is love. Amen? So that is the foundation. I didn't give them a foundation on purpose. So they have to lean everything. But somehow they got some of that joy. I don't know how they got that. But <laughs> and they were not supposed to have joy. So what you, what you should have seen was I come over, and maybe on the outside, you see, come here. You see someone, like, have what you want, honey. You want one too? Of course you do. You would have seen some of the, the flair, the bling, the, the, the tada on the outside, but it's superficial. It wasn't on the inside. So when something come and rocked it, it's just going to fall apart. That's called faking it. I did it for a long time. But whenever my Bible and I realized what he offers, and I saw the story of Samson, I said, God, I want to be strong. I want to be strong like Jesus was strong. I'm tired of being weak. I'm tired of losing the battles. You said it's yours anyway. Why do I got to try? I just got to agree with your word. The promises of God are yes and amen. Amen? amen. So this should all collapse and we all would have been like, oh, it's interesting. And then over here, would have been, <laughs> we had the icing, which represented the joy. 
that makes things strong. And the corners were tied in and the roof is nice and tight. And this is you guys. Do you realize that throughout the whole Testament, it's always been about us. God's always wanted a place to dwell. They started off with a tent in the middle of the desert called the tabernacle. And they made it whole and they did great things in it. And they needed something that was more permanent. So they made a temple. But even that wasn't good enough for the Shekinah glory to come and dwell. And then Jesus came. <laughs> and he showed his love toward us when we were still sinners. He showed his love to us. So now his Holy Spirit wants to come and, and dwell in me and you. Not in some little building off in the desert or in a metropolitan city. If you want to be strong, if you want to be strong in your thoughts and your feelings, your attitudes, your body, every part of your being, if you want to be strong, it's very easy. I'm going to cut through all of this and just give you the answers to the test. That's the kind I like. That's some good preaching. <laughs> just fall more in love with Jesus. Listen, I can go in the street and tell you Jesus loves you. But we got to develop that. That's why I spent 25 minutes sharing about the love and the joy to bring you to this point to say, so if I want more joy, what I got to do, I got to go back to the basics. I got to go back to where I first met him, to where my life was so set on fire because of his love. I had no fear, no anxiety, no shame, no thought about what anyone else thought of me. It wasn't a flippant arrogance. It was a humility that I must share what's in my heart with the people around me. If we could just go back to that place to fall in love with him all over again, then that the positive joy comes and it overflows and out of your life, just so contagious, the whole room gets it. I, I love it. I've been to services with a person up front that's carried such a, an awesome anointing with joy that the people of God were, were touched. And I hope that happens today. Like, God, God, I want them touched. God, just, just get on them. Holy Spirit, come and bless them. They just strike a chord in their hearts, dear God, that they would hear the word preached. They'd receive the word with joy, and it would cause them to love you all the more. That's been my prayer for weeks preparing this message. It's been my prayer for weeks. So how do we get joy? We fall more in love with the Savior. It's a divine exchange. The more I give myself to him, the more he gives himself to me. And the greater love you have, the greater joy you possess. The greater the love, the greater the joy. Say it. The greater the love, the greater the joy. Hallelujah. The greater the love, the greater the joy. All right, so what I want to do. I'm going to put you on the spot. I, it's, it's, listen, I remember. Go up and for a minute. Sorry, camera guy. I remember when I was a young man, and I was in a different church. I sat right about somewhere here, and someone went ahead and sorry, and somebody gave a message about the gospel. And in my heart, there was this stirring. There was this, Chris, do it, Chris. I love you. There's this nudging, but I didn't want to do it. I mean, I was so afraid. I had friends with me. I was trying to be cool, but like the Lord's like working on me, and and just he just he's just working and working. And finally, I said, you know what? I just don't care what people think. I can't. I only care what you think, God. Before I knew it, I'm already halfway down the aisle. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I'm just open mouth saying, God, I love you. And I'm, my, my legs are moving. I didn't tell them to move. The Holy Spirit did that. And so I want to charge you guys this morning to not be afraid. 
right? This is a, this, it's very, very simple. If any part of this message spoke to you about needing more joy or realizing you need to go back to your first love, I want you to get on your feet. Be bold. Be bold. Be bold. Don't think, don't worry about anyone else says around you. Just stand to your feet. If that's you, if it's not, stay seated. It's okay. Don't feel bad about that. It was a long time in my life I wasn't ready. I just wasn't ready. But the Holy Spirit didn't quit on me. He continued to pursue me. And when I was ready, he came like a mighty rushing wind. He came and he loved me. Father, I thank you for the response of every person here. Because when, when you stood up, ladies and gentlemen, when you stood up, that's an act of faith. Would you say, God, I want more. God, I want you to touch my life. I want you to baptize me in your love all over again. Teach me what it looks like to love you with a passion like a young person that's heard the gospel for the first time. God, fill my life with joy, joy unspeakable, joy this world's never seen before. So God, I bless each and every person standing up right now that says, God, there's a yes in my heart. There's a yes in my heart, God. I want more of your love because the greater love I possess, the greater joy that I have which means I'm stronger than ever. God, I thank you for every person. Holy Spirit, just come and minister them in a personal way. Blow across this service, God. Bless each and every vessel that says yes and amen in their heart to you. Bless them with love. Bless them with joy. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Be sure to check us out on the web at centralconnect.org.